to the nations and life of your world. We pray that we may entrust ourselves to the Lord, who is our shepherd. And we pray that as we live out our daily lives, we would equally entrust ourselves to you as our shepherd. And so we pray now that you will give us wisdom from above as we reflect upon this day and seek to bring glory to your name. Amen. Please sit down. (coughs) So this week, in the odd idle moment, I've been thinking about two world wars, the outcome of Brexit, the rise of Donald Trump, and also a real family, a long way away from here, who are being torn apart by generations of disagreement. They cannot listen to one another, and they don't seem to be able to hear the other's pain. Each of those situations speak of brokenness and of the abuse of power, of posturing, and of breakdown. And I find myself with Victor Meldrew. I don't believe it! So as I reflect upon the good and bad outcomes of two major wars of the 20th century, and many since, I am sure that millions of lives that were lost were not given so that we could all descend into a dog-eat-dog approach to one another. As I reflect on the experience of a family who have now bickered over three generations and scarred individual lives and family relationships, I ask myself, why, when life is so short and precious, would you live that way rather than be reconciled? And as I look at what led to Brexit and Trump's bid for the US presidency, I am left wondering. I am left dizzy, wondering, and puzzled. The outcomes of Brexit and now America are about people who are angry with political rhetoric, with economic mess, and who feel that they have simply been trashed. Without a hopeful future, they have listened to somewhat dangerous voices who play on their anger and fears and who promise what they cannot deliver. It's time to find a better vision for our life together. So engaging with the multiple challenges facing our world requires a commitment to a very ancient idea whose time has urgently come. It's about the common good. How do we work together even with people we don't agree with? How do we treat each other, especially the poorest and most vulnerable? How do we take care of not just me and ourselves, but also one another? And how do we move beyond the interests of left and right and somehow become more accountable to a common good? Only by inspiring a spiritual and practical commitment to the common good can we make our public as well as our personal lives better for the long term. 
But the public discussion we must now have about the common good are not just about politics, but also about the decisions that you and I are making day in and day out in our personal, our family, our financial, our congregational, our communal, and yes, our public lives. Jesus put it disarmingly simply. Love God and love one another. Which is still the most transformational social ethic the world has ever seen. And for Jesus, believe me, this was not a sermon idea preached upon a lakeside. It was a lifestyle. He put flesh on the idea of living together under God's reign. A phrase at the heart of our vision that longs to be lived out. And making our treatment of the most vulnerable the moral test of any society's righteousness or identity and integrity is the best way to make absolutely sure that we are protecting human life and the dignity of all of God's children. It was Abraham Lincoln who said, I'm not interested in whose side God is on. But I am interested in being on God's side. And there is a difference. To be on God's side and not merely claim that God is on ours means to live out the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that way, that kingdom way, our life together can be better. As for the lives of many others. By embracing God's kingdom, we can begin to see that looking after number one always comes back to bite us. It's time to hear and heed a call to a different way of life, nationally, internationally, and personally. God's rule and reign is a new order of living in sharp contrast to all the political and religious kingdoms of the world. And that better way of life was meant to benefit not only his followers, but everybody else too. The vocation of God's church is to be a friendly neighbourhood godsend. Everywhere. From Aldridge to Afghanistan. You see, Christianity can never be reduced to a religion that simply gives some people a ticket to heaven. Rather, it's a call to a relationship that changes all our other relationships. Jesus told us that a new relationship with God also brings us into a new relationship with our neighbour. And when the guy asked Jesus, who is my neighbour, he got a very broad answer. So if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ today, I ask you to consider who is your neighbour, particularly the one with whom you might have a difference at this time. But our neighbour is always to include those who are the most vulnerable in God's world. Refugees. Refugees who've been welcomed into the life of Walsall. And God is truly interested in how we respond to them. 
God is interested if we're to love our neighbor in how we treat even our enemies. And that message, though so counterintuitive, is just what a broken, united kingdom needs to embrace. That message speaks powerfully to the most powerful nation on earth, which itself is currently deeply flawed. Trump has played on its fears and preached a divisive view of human society. Christians, and I repeat this, Christians in the United States have put him in the White House and they are clearly Christians who have not heard the kingdom mandate of the Lord Jesus. They have an empire of Christian religion which falls far short of the kingdom of God. That message of God's rule in our lives and in the affairs of nations can speak powerfully to our nation as we remember today our war dead, as we repent of our failures to pursue peace and ensure we provide a vision of life which will make room for others and make the lives of our children different. That message could be the one last hope for a single family who have torn themselves apart across generation, who are hurting today, a normal, ordinary, smiling family who desperately need to be reconciled. And the question Jesus puts to us all is who will listen and who will act on his ways of wisdom and embrace the life of the kingdom? Let's be still for a few moments.